0: You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. All right. So, hey, listen, today we're going to get into this message. And uh, I want to share something with you before I get cranking on this, okay? Real quick, because I know it's a little different. I'm switching gears. So, we've prayed, we've, we've gone through this, we're talking about that, but I'm totally switching gears, like completely 180 switching gears. Like, you're going to. Like, wow, we we are really not just switching gears. We may just get in a different vehicle kind of thing, okay? So I need to tell you up front right now before you even get started today. I'll put this on the screen for you. But listen, let's put this up here for today. Our messages are designed for sixth graders and up, especially today. We put signs out to let you all know. And I'm just giving you a fair warning right now. You make the determination as a parent. You do whatever you want to do. That's totally your call. I just want you to be I just want you to be aware right now that I'm just telling you because of the topics we're going to cover today, definitely you might want to consider um this. And I'm not being like it's not I'm not picking. I just want you to know now because I'm going to cover some stuff today from marriages. We're going to talk about the 7th commandment. If you don't know what that one is, it's that one. Totally different vehicle, right? I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. I just want you to know now. I'm just giving you, I want to give you enough head start so you know what we're talking about. So you go, oh, huh? You know, like, don't be surprised, okay? I asked my oldest daughter, I said, honey, you know, sometimes daddy has to talk about things that um, are kind of uncomfortable, and uh, are you cool if I talk about this? And I'm kind of give you some time, just make sure before I start getting into this marriage relationship stuff. Are you okay if we talk about some of this stuff? The word that nobody likes to talk about. Uh, except the world, they'll talk about it all day long. Church, we don't like to talk about it. We're scared of it. But she's like, what do you mean, Dad? And I say, like, well, you know, I have to preach about things sometimes. Are you cool with that? It's, it's, you know, if you're going to be in there and whatnot. She goes, Dad, it's just a part of life. <laughs> Thanks, babe. That You know, that just set me free right there. <laughs> totally set me free right there. And then come to find out we're driving to church this morning. Haley's not here because we're catching a flight out for a couple of days and be back. But So I was wrestling all the, you know, Two of them went with me, one stayed with her, and it was nuts. But... So on the way this morning, she tells me, i got to be there this morning at church. And I said, okay, yeah, no. She said, no, I'm, I'm working with kids today. I'm like, so you're not even going to be in there? It didn't even matter, you? So anyway, I was all worried about it for no reason. So anyway, this is the commandment that is oftentimes, it is preached at and not preached for. It is oftentimes a message that's used to hurt people. That is my, my intent today. Okay, it's often when you talk about the word adultery, it freaks people out. Because, listen, it is often used to preach at and not preach for. And just what Carolyn said a while ago, Jesus preached for people that were in bondage and hurting and had fallen. He did not, the people who were willing to turn, he did not condemn, he set them free. Our messages should set people free, not condemn. So... I'm going to look at a different side of this today, but I am going to talk about adultery a little bit. But I want to look at a different side of this. And I don't want you to get nervous or squirm or anything like that. But we are going to touch on the issue of sex. I've already kind of given enough preparation. So if you're in there you're, now, you're, you're good with it. All right. So let me just say a couple things before I move on. If this has happened in your life, if you're here and you say, well, man, I got a past. This has happened. Please hear my heart. God will forgive. God can restore. And if two parties are willing, I've seen marriages restored and God do a beautiful work in a marriage. So it is not the end and I'm not preaching against, I'm preaching for it. Please hear that. Why do I say that? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the gospel, of the glory of God, if you want to say it a different way. We've all sinned. Let me put it to you this way. Listen to what James says in James 2.10. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who's broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So listen to James. He kind of throws this out. Kind of funny. So if you murder someone, but you don't commit adultery. I love how he just said that kind of nonchalant. No, if you kill somebody. As if, wait a minute, back up, James. You want to say, hey, hold on, bro. Like, that ain't what we, you should say a little more like, hey, if you kill somebody, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. It's a big no-no. But if you... No, he just said if you kill somebody, just move right along. Like I don't... He had to be making a sarcastic statement, don't you think? So he says, if you murder someone but you don't commit adultery, you've still broken the law. So whatever you say, listen to this very carefully, verse 12. So whatever you say or whatever you do, Remember that you'll be judged by the law that sets you free. And this word law is not referring to the Old Testament. It's referring to the fact that the thing in which you base your salvation and life upon is that which you will be judged for or judged with. Do you understand? You'll be judged by the law that sets you free. There'll be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. God, help us all. You understand? God, help us all for passing judgment on people without understanding the fact that we ourselves are not judged. that That is a, if you get nothing else today, that right there is a powerful statement. There's no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, then God will be merciful when he judges you. Aren't you thankful for that statement right there? My goodness, this could solve a lot of issues in our faith if we would just show mercy instead of judgment. There's this really cool song my kids like, like some of the different, you know, near music and whatever else, it's got a lot of techno stuff, and it's kind of cool, reminds me of the 80s, you know. We had an 80s party last night here at the church, all the ladies ministry was here, and y'all, they had a great time, it was really awesome. Let me tell you something, if you play a game, though, yes. against women, and they ask you, if you're a man in here, and they ask you to play against them, let me just tell you right now, I've seen it before, you better watch them. When we were growing up, you know, Haley and I, we play in college, we in college, Couple of guys, different folks, went all the way over, group of us, play Monopoly, right? Haley was the banker. Somehow or another, she ain't here today, so somehow or another, she always had a stack of money. I don't know how it happened, but it just made me realize right then, you, you better watch them, because they'll stack the odds against you. That's all I'm saying. But they, my kids like this song, it's called, uh, I don't know the name of the song, but anyway, in the song it says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. And that's exactly what God does mercy triumphs over judgment but if i'm judgmental against you if i the word judgmental is not meaning that i i can disapprove of your behavior i can disapprove of what you're doing but to judge you says i have condemned you no hope whatsoever of restoration that is only the only person reserved for that is the lord god he's the only one that can pass judgment Our job is to extend mercy. I may not approve, but I extend mercy because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the gospel or the glory of God. Paul tells us this, be careful in how you approach others in thinking that because they've fallen, you think you're high and mighty. Because take note, you yourself could fall just as well. It's true. The longer I've done this, listen to me, the longer, I, listen, when I came to my Bible college, I was ready, both barrels loaded. Wow. Yeah, I was ready to roll, man, I'll preach the gospel, I'll tell you one thing, but, you know, whatever. The longer I've done this, the more I've realized something. Man, listen, I need mercy. Because every time I think I've gotten up a little bit better, I'm doing a little better. Man, you know, I don't do that. I got rid of that off my life. I think, well, man, as soon as I do, God shows me something else. And I realize how messed up I really am. You know, you think you achieve this. Well, I don't cuss anymore. Well, man, i am done it. I'm the man. And, I, and then God tells you, yeah, but look how you act towards this person. Look how your heart feels when you talk about that person. He'll, he messes with you and stuff. Until you break again and realize, my gosh, I need your mercy again, Lord. And he says, I know it. And that's exactly what I want you to show everybody else, his mercy. So James said, if you break one, you break them all. So adultery should not be given any more rank in the 10 than the other nine. Because I assure you of this, let's just be honest right now. I bet you anything. There's more Sabbath breakers in the house. Come on, let's go a little further. There's more false witness, bearing false witness against your neighbor in the house. Oh, no, that's going to be, qua- just keep, you know, you may, maybe so. Well, I never stole anything. Well, okay. Maybe we'll go a little further. How about some covetousness? See, you can't act like you've never had any of these issues. I'll be the first to admit it. Somebody else has something nice, you think, man, I'd like to have that. That looks so cool. It would look cool on me or me in it or whatever. But don't look at me like, no, 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 not me. Get got the halo on this morning. I am holy. You're a liar, is what you are. I know, I'm a pastor. We are the most screwed up people in the world. And you know why? Because we won't admit that we're screwed up. It's like what Marlon did in Finding Nemo, you know, he says, I have no issues. Bruce is telling me, okay, mate, what's your issue? He says, I got no issues, I got no issues. He says, mm, Denial. That's what they all say. All the sharks agree. You're in denial. All of us have fallen short. This one thing has no more rank than any of the other on there. But it's given, because in culture we say, well, I didn't do that, so it makes us feel better about ourselves. But I promise you, there's another one that you've broken. If you've broken one, you broke them all. So here's, let me give you the definition of adultery, and I'm going to move on. The word adultery in its clearest definition is this, to have sexual intercourse with other than a spouse. I'm doing this exactly how it's written in the, in the And the concord is just, it's hard to understand this way, but this is what it says. To have sexual intercourse with other than a spouse as a married or betrothed person. Now, we understand what that means, but listen to this next part. It's conceived of as going astray. Conceived. The word conceived is something interesting. I don't know if you've thought much about the whole reproductive cycle and how things work, but conception doesn't happen like, you know... Boom, the next day you had a baby. Like, woo we had fun last night, and today we got a baby. That's not what happens. Like a nine, eight, nine. I mean, sometimes, you know, my first one, she was here early. You know, that was fun. But first kid, they tell you, like, oh, no, this is the date, no problem. We're going to do a little cesarean thing, no problem. You'll be here on this date, this time, whatever you bring, everything. I was cool, I'm planned out. On the calendar, sketched in, we're ready to go. Four weeks earlier, they say, we got to have her today. I'm not ready for today, Doc. Can you can you put this off till next week? He looks at me like I'm an idiot. Like it's my first kid. I didn't know. I just thought give her some medicine. She'll be fine. No, she has to have this baby right now. There's a problem. You gotta you gotta do this now. So anyway, conception, conceived conception. It may start here, but it takes time before it becomes this going astray. To adult something, to adulterate something, to be an adulterer, to to commit adultery is not just a sexual sin. Because first you got to leave something before you even get to there. You got to leave something that's very stable, that's very solid, that forms our lives. Once you take a step over here, this is why this stuff's slippery. And I'm going to get into some stuff today that you know take me a couple of minutes, but um, you know, you get out by the same time. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Everybody's always watching their watches, you know. God forbid, God has a word for us, you know. So, just saying. But, you know, when, when you have, when you leave something, this is why it's such a slippery slope in America. Because if you say, this is okay and this is acceptable, it's a slippery slope away from this, which leads us further from the foundation that God gave us. And so as Christians today, we're very confused about what is acceptable, what's not acceptable because the culture says this, and everybody gets mad and offended when we talk about anything like this. But the reality is God did not just put this in the Old Testament. I will give you more scriptures today from the New Testament about this than in the Old. This is not an Old Testament issue. This was a church issue. Most of these letters are written to church people. I know people today, man, listen, I want to take a moment. I know people today, listen, I get it. I understand. But when people tell you that, oh, this this literature and this scripture was written to these people who were not Christians, that is the biggest bunch of bunk I've ever heard in my life. It says, to the church at. How do people get off on this? Because they don't want to hear it. It makes me feel better about myself if I say, well, that was written to a bunch of Gentiles. They didn't know what they were doing, so Paul was meaning this. No, 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 no. He was writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing to the church, to the elders at. There ain't no elders out in the city somewhere like hanging out. At the bar was, oh, man, we some elders. No, there's elders in the church. He's writing to the leadership, man, to the church. So this was not something uncommon. It was actually very common. So here's the question I'll pose to you as I go in here. I'm going to talk today about marriage. So that's about all I'm going to say about adultery, very little, because I'm going to talk to you more about marriage. But here's what people ask, and here's what I want to throw out to you guys. Okay, Everybody in here, just hear me out on this. Because this, this is in my heart heavy today. I, got, I was going to preach on some other things, but God, this is about last week sometime. The Lord just really put heavy on my heart about marriage. Okay, Whether you're married or, don't, or not married, it doesn't matter. I'm going to show you the beauty of marriage and why God did what he did. The point, though, I want you to hear is this. Whenever this question is asked, it always makes me cringe. Whether you're single and asking it, whether you're married or asking, because I've been asked by both, so it doesn't matter. Hey, Pastor Jody, where is the line? If I'm single, like, how far can we go, you know, before we cross the line with God? If I'm married, like, you know, I mean, I don't really do anything. I mean, we're just good friends. We just hang out, you know. What's, where's the line for that? And I always say the same thing. Someone told me this years ago. I heard it. So I don't know, but it makes the most sense to me. If you ask where's the line, you've already crossed it. So if you're in here asking right now, what's the line? Where's the line? You've already crossed it. Because it's your flesh saying you want something that you know you shouldn't have but you're asking for permission by someone else who doesn't have the authority to give it to you to do something that you know should not be done. But I want covering, so I'm going to ask, what's the line? And if a pastor will give it to me, then I feel better. No, 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 no. Better ask God, what's the line? If you ask, I promise you've already went past the line. It was probably a long way back. So let's talk about marriage a little bit, okay? I'm not going to preach about all I'm going to say about adultery, but I am going to refer to marriage a good bit. Why marriage? What is the point? Why does God compare marriage and adultery? What's the issue with the seventh commandment? Why is it such a big deal? Because number one, listen to me, marriage is holy. We used to say this. You remember years ago, you probably went to a wedding back when you was a kid, or maybe your wedding, they said this to you. But we used to say this. The two have come together in bounds of holy. Man, we don't even say it anymore. We're afraid it's it's a holy thing, right? Holy matrimony. It's holy. It's a holy thing. And God designed this from the, the beginning. It was not a court's decision. It was not man's decision. This was God's decision. He created marriage. This is what we say as a Christian. And, you know, I had to rethink my statement. as when I'm talking to people about this. But this is what we have. We've come up with this as Christians. This is what we like to say. This was on the news. And people argue about it and fight about it. They get preachers on TV and tell you, well, I tell you what. they just got all mad about stuff. And this is what they always say. Marriage is between one man and one woman. That's what everybody says, right? That's what you heard. Marriage, our definition Christians say marriage is between one man and one woman. I tell you, that's wrong. Marriage is not, I'll put it on the screen so you can see this, but marriage is not between one man and one woman. This is what's got us messed up today. Because once we said that, we opened the door to everything else. Because we're saying it's between a man and a woman. Wrong. We kind of left someone really important out of the equation. Don't you think? Listen to what this statement says. Marriage is God between one man and one woman. As long as God is between it, it works every time. Man, they may leave the cabinet doors open every night and you pop your head on them. If God's in the middle of it, you'll forgive them. Shut the door. Get a new system where they close by themselves. You'll figure it out. Is that not the truth? It is the truth. He may leave his underwear on the floor, ladies, and you tell him 100,000 times, it doesn't matter. If God's in the middle of it, you'll pick him up anyway and say, the guy's a slob, but I love him anyway. You'll get over it. But I'm telling you something. If God's not in the middle of it, a paperclip will cause an issue. It is the truth. You will break down over the smallest, most craziest thing you've ever heard in your life. Why? Because God's not present. But God's present, things work. So let me give you the scripture, right? Matthew 19, 6, we'll put it on the screen for you. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man tear apart. What, who joined them? God did. And if you're married today, listen, whether you're married, remarried, doesn't matter. Hear me right now. You're married right now, God joined you. A man can't do it. A preacher can't do it. And Lord knows a court can't do it. All that stuff's just stuff made up because culture wants something else. And I know this is not popular. I understand. I understand what I'm saying is not popular today. It'll get more unpopular as I go along. I know. But the reality is why it bothers me so much is because marriage means more to God than it does to us. The two should become one flesh and what God has joined let no one put us under. I want you to think about this. Marriage is holy. Every commandment is sacred. First of all, have no other gods before me. The subject in every one of these commandments, think about it, they're all sacred. Who's that? That's God. God is sacred. Don't have any other idols. Don't worship any idols. What is he telling you? The worship is sacred. Go through every line. My name, don't use my name in vain. Why? Because my name is sacred. Go right down the line. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Not because we're legalistic and law. No, no, no. Because the day is holy. It's sacred. It's set apart. Keep going down through the line. The fifth one, honor your mom and your daddy. Why? Because they're, they, you know, they we don't tell you whatever thing to do. No, 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 no. Because authority is sacred. God keeps going down to every one of them. Keep going down the line. Don't murder, because why? Life is sacred. In the womb and all the way to the tomb, but life is sacred. Period. But if you redefine and change things and make it whatever and take it off, it, it removes all the power of the foundation which God gave. Don't steal. Because my time is sacred. If you steal from me, what do I have to do? I have to replace it. Or I have to file a claim. <laughs> Replacing is faster sometimes. But anyway, you, it's, you get it. It takes from someone has to steal something. They stole part of your life. They take your time. How about the next one? Adultery. Because marriage is sacred. It's holy. It's set apart. I go through every one of these. But inside a marriage, it's holy, it's set apart, it's joined by God. If God's not in the middle of it, guess what? You're on your own. You're on your own. And we all know how that goes. If you're on your own, you're you're a mess. And just be honest, right? Let's just be honest. If you're on your own, you're a mess. But God does join together male and female. That's that's his view of marriage, and I'll, I'll give it to you in a moment. But if it's outside of God's marriage, he's not in it. Because he created this. And you need to understand, I'm saying this not because I'm trying to pick, but you need to be able to express this to your children as well. Not from a judgmental standpoint. This is not judgmental. This is not condemning. This is simply saying, God says, no different than God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But today, do you know what a lot of preachers are doing? They're saying, well, I mean, you know, there's probably some other ways. What, would you go with that? Would you base your eternity and your salvation on, well, there might be another way. But a lot of guys are doing it. Why? Because the pressure from society is saying, if you say Jesus is the only way, then you're condemning all these people. No, I'm not. God is the one that declared this, He set the standard. We're the ones that's supposed to proclaim the truth. And if we deny the truth, then what are we? We're not helping anybody. Because we're afraid of what someone's going to say. If we really want to get down to it, this is what it comes down to. We're afraid. I know for a fact, listen, I understand for a fact. Saying some of this today, I get it. Some people hear me saying this right here. They may not want to come to our church anymore. And I'm not trying to be mean. But what would, should I deviate from the gospel? Should we deviate from God's word just to accept what is culturally relevant today? Or should we embrace further what God says, not being rude or you know judgmental, but be an example for people? So, marriage is holy. The second thing you want to hear is marriage is honorable. Now, Hebrews thirteen four. depending on what you come from, your background. Um, I get different questions asked to me about different things, but Hebrews thirteen four. So, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. King James says this marriage. That is is undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Nobody likes these scriptures. But this is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. I'm so tired of hearing people say, everything's law, legal, is law, it's law, because they don't want to hear the truth. Nobody wants to hear the truth. So we make up stuff and say, well, that's legalistic and that's law. And we're under grace. And listen, I'm just saying to you right now, I think the way I feel about this right now, what's burning inside of me, I can't imagine what God feels. Because it is not me. I don't get up here and preach this because I got a little thing I want to get on my soapbox about. That's not it at all. You ever preach, you know, when God puts something in your heart, you, you, del- you, it's just there, right? It is not to be judgmental, but it is to say, don't make light of marriage. Marriage is honorable. It's honorable. Now, when he says the marriage bed is to be undefiled, you can take it one or two ways. Someone says, well, nothing, you know, Adultery and all that kind of stuff keeps it undefiled. That's one view, and that's very accurate. Another view is also to say that marriage is honorable. Your bed is undefiled. In a marriage relationship, the beauty of everything God created for you is within the confines of your bed. It is not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be afraid of. It's not something we should be Christians, I mean, you know, we don't want to talk about, but my mercy, we got a kids' ministry. How do you think all these kids get here? I mean, we're the biggest bunch of goofballs sometimes. I don't want to say anything to my kids because you know I don't want them. Well, I hate that they're gonna figure it out. No society has gone on very long, like going like, hey, I got an idea. Wonder if they figure it out. But if we tell them God said it's okay. It's all good. Matter of fact, it's great and it's fun. As long as it's within the marriage. You're, it's holy. It's honorable. But here's how God says to do this. And you know what? I think people would probably understand it more, but we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to say anything about it. I mean, some of y'all look at me right now. It's so funny. I see your faces and you're looking at me around, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what more will he say before this is over? Like, like I know why Haley's not here today. <laughs> no, she's having to get stuff ready. She's like, I hate missing this. And I was like, yeah, I bet. So God says your sacred space, your marriage is holy, and it's honorable. And so 1 Corinthians 6.9 says this. Do you not know? Listen to what he says. This is 1 Corinthians 6.9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not Now listen, I'm going to read you a list of things, okay? And every one of us in somewhere or another fall into some of these lists, okay? Somewhere. Don't you listen to what all is in the list. Don't be deceived. First of all, do not be deceived. Why would he tell us that? That means you can be. Do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Do not be, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall also reap. That is not just talking about giving money. Don't be deceived. He says... Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's sex outside of marriage. It could be pornography. It could be a number of things. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. Look, now right there I could stop, and a lot of people preach on the one category. But I want you to hear this. Keep going further. Nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor reviler, revilers, that means, you know, anger issues and beating everybody up. Bullies, I guess, I don't know. Nor swindlers, that's people who take advantage, will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I didn't, a lot of, we'll take one, Christians are notorious for taking one thing out of this list and talking about homosexuality and beating it till everybody hates our guts. But if the truth be known, that falls in the same list as everything else. Now the consequences for those sins may be greater. So, for instance, if I steal from you, God, i say I steal your car, rolling down the road, you know, stole your car, got your tunes turned up, you know, and I crash it and run a you know telephone pole. I might go to jail for a while because I stole your car. That stinks for me. I had fun in your car, but I'm going to jail. But if I kill you, like I just totally. Go psycho on you. Like Jason Voorhees stuff, Friday the thirteenth. If I go crazy on you like I'm probably not gonna get out of jail. Right? Or both hopefully, yeah. <laughs> both are sin, right? But does one carry a greater weight, consequences-wise? Yeah, it does. So, listen to what he says though. I love this next part, because we overlook it so much. Verse eleven, such were some of you. Who's he talking to? He must be talking to them on the other row over there. That other section, you know, they're troublemakers. No, no, no. Just point your finger at yourself. Go ahead and do this right here. Come on. If if you've never done this before, come on, we can point at other people. Let's point at ourselves. Who's he talking to? Oh, dude, take your finger right now, right here, in your chest. Let's do it. I mean, I'm seriously, do it. We don't like doing this, do we? It's easier to point somebody. You, you, you. No, no, no. How about me, 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 me? You know, what like a Toby Key song. I'm going to talk about me, me, me. It's me. It's me. I have, I am a, I have a guy who has fallen short of God's standard. And that's just some of the things in that list. But watch what he says. Such were some of you, but here's what makes us different now. But you were washed, you was baptized, you was sanctified. Man, you was made holy and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. You was baptized, sanctified and justified. I didn't even make that rhyme, but that sounds really cool. You know what I mean? This is why we taught people, man, if you've never been water baptized, you need to get baptized. Why? Because it's really the first step towards Christianity. You get saved, but the first step It's baptism. It's not trying to figure out who you are and trying to learn a bunch of stuff. No, it's water baptism. Because there's something about that that God is all throughout the Scripture. It does something in you. It does not save you, but it does something about cutting away the flesh, man. It does something within you when you go under that water and you come back out. You've been baptized and you've been sanctified. Man, you've been set apart by God as holy. And you've been justified, meaning... You can stand before God right now. If Jesus came back right now and you're a believer, you can stand before God justified. And unless you get up there and start talking about what you've done, uh, well, I'll tell you what to do, Lord. No, 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 no. As long as it's Jesus, Lord, I, I just, I plead the blood of Jesus. I, I, I can't. I've got nothing else to give you, Lord. I am a flawed individual with issues. I've made so many mistakes. I've tried to do everything. I, but it's Jesus. God, I'm just trusting that you'll take me because of Jesus. That's it. But you can stand before God right now, holy, even if any of this was in your past. But these sins, the things that are on here, each one carries a greater consequence, or a different consequence, I should say. So let me wrap up the last couple of thoughts for this. When you join a someone, you do this in all three areas a sexual connection. Sounds like a song. <laughs> sexual connection—you join yourself to somebody, spirit soul and body. That's just what happens. Now you say, "Well, what if, what if my marriage didn't work out? What if I had sex for marriage? What if?" I... Look, God forgives, God redeems, God restores. All of us has sin. All of us has fallen short. No one has a right to stand up in here and say, "Well, you know, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I really do have my stuff together and." Uh, I just want you all to know, no one gets to say that in this room today. No one. Yours truly, number one. I have failed so many times in my life with so many different things. I do not get the right to say I've got it together. But listen to what God says. God will join in marriage, but did you know that humans can join other things too without him? So 1 Corinthians 6.15, he continues on. He says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Think about this for a moment. I'm going to tie in something with marriage. Now pay attention. Don't check out on me. Shall then I take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? He's writing this to a church. I know we're from Rome, Georgia. And we act like we're a small town and everybody's a Christian. Let me tell you something about Rome, Georgia. (laughs) Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled around here by people. There's 150-some-odd churches right now and there's seats for everybody. Don't you be fooled by all these people talking about I'm a Christian and then they go out and do it. Uh Uh-uh. Don't be fooled by a small town. Nothing, go. we just, no, we're not innocent. All that bad stuff happens in big cities, whatever. I've seen it all here. As much as what's on the news, it's happening right here. If you think you're in a bubble, like, I'm in a small town, everybody loves Jesus. No, they don't. you got to be deceived. I'm just going to be real with you, right? All right. So somebody, shocked, I just shocked somebody. They're like, I can't believe it. Man. I, thought we was, I thought this was a great little town. Yeah. <laughs> All them good songs about small towns. I thought I had one. Well, <laughs> It's good, but let's just don't ignore the reality. It's a, stuff goes on here. All right, so may it never be, verse 16. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is, watch this, one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So he says flee immorality. Every other sin, listen very carefully to this, guys. Particularly, guys, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God and that you're not your own? For you have, listen to this, you have been bought. With a price. This scripture is one of my favorites because no matter what you come from, or come out of, or been through, when He says He bought you, there's no returns, there's no exchanges, there's no ninety-day waiting policy kind of thing. No, no, no. When He when He bought you, He bought you, and He says. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Now, when, you when God joins you together, he says your marriage is holy, it's sacred, it's honorable. But if we say we don't like God's idea, this is what happens. If we join ourselves to something else, sexually is the only way this really works. Now, you can have soul ties with people. That's why you've got to be careful I know I'm mad a little bit. I get it. You'll have some great conversations at lunch today, but you you got to be careful how much emotional bandwidth you give to someone of the opposite sex. And don't be dis, don't be uh, at your pastor right now. Don't be uh, what's the word? Lord, help me. Don't be frustrated with me if I won't meet with you a whole lot, particularly if you're a lady more than once without someone else in the room. Like I'll actually, if I meet with you, it'll be someone else in the room with me. It's not because my wife thinks I'm some pervert. She don't trust me. That ain't why. It's not because I can't believe you said that in church. Well, you know, shock you a little bit, you know, like. It's not because I feel like that I'm going to do something wrong. That's not it at all. But, guys, listen, I will take my field. Ignore everybody else's field. I will take the pastoral field. And I can tell you how many pastors have fallen in this area because they think this is so silly. And I can't believe you're so you know, religious about your views. That's what they say. And it's not too long after. Typically, they're the ones that fall because they meet with, and it could be female or it doesn't matter. It could be a female pastor. They meet with a guy a lot. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's not about you get emotionally attached to somebody long enough. Pretty soon, you start seeing all the flaws in your spouse. Well, he, they, you know, he don't pick up his underwear. Stinking slob. He's a slob. This other guy at work, boy, he dresses nice, and he smells so good. Like, man, girl, did you notice what he was wearing today? Like, yeah. He smells good, too. You better watch how far you go with that. Guys, I'm just going to be honest right now. Women don't have as much of an issue with this, but can I just, can I be real? Are y'all good with this? Y'all okay? I'm going to say it anyway. I just want to make sure if you're okay before I go. I'm not trying to pick on the fellas here, but ladies, you need to understand this if you don't know this already, but to the guys in this room right now, listen, these right here, you need like horses to have this when they run a racetrack so they don't see what's over here and over here. When you're driving down the road, ladies are jogging, whatever they're doing, no. If you come to church... No. It's one thing to help somebody have a friend. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just saying, you know the difference between life. (laughs) And don't think they don't do it. All the women in the room. Is it not true, ladies? Do guys do that? Raise your hand, ladies. Come on, just admit it right now. (laughs) Guys, you're not fooling anybody. We don't fool anybody. But realize this. These were intended for, if you're married, they're intended for your spouse. Right here. This is why the marriage bed is undefiled because there's supposed to be a lot of fun there. I'm not trying to be whatever. I'm just saying whatever that means for you is whatever it means for you. But your marriage bed is undefiled. There should be, if there's no way to any romance in, in your bedroom in like months, you, you, there's something wrong. And this is going to create an issue where he's going to look Elsewhere. I'm being real. I'm a pastor. I know this is making everybody sweat. like, how much is he going to say? I'm just saying enough to you get my point. Do you not? Happy home, happy life, happy wife. I'm going to tell you something else. A happy home is when there's a happy bedroom. In a marriage relationship, it should be real. I'm just saying. Y'all know what I mean? There you go. Let I me mean, think about this for a minute. Do you think that Adam, when God said be fruitful and multiply, do y'all think he really meant go out there and plant another row of corn? <laughs> Is that what he meant? Adam, you did a really great job on those tomatoes, son. I want you to plant some corn now. I mean, wow. You're growing stuff like crazy. And, and, and do you think God really looked around the corner of the fig bushes or whatever else before they started making clothes out of that stuff and they were out there? And do you think he looked around and like, what are they doing? Oh, my gosh, what are y'all doing over there? Do you think he did that? No. God did not look around and say, Oh, my gosh, this is I can't believe they've done this. What, what were they thinking? They did whatever the human being has thought since they got to a certain age. Like, huh. You know, I wonder. Because that's what God created you to be a part of in a marriage relationship. All right, moving on. Last thing, I'm letting you go, okay? Marriage is a witness. This is the thing I want to... End with right here because this is what's really heavy on my heart. Everything else I saw, gave you is true. It's real. You know, there's no denying it. If you if you want, if you want a great marriage relationship, you got to overlook one of those faults and get back to the where it was when you first got married. You can't remember what it's like. You know, quit making it such a big issue on every look. This get back where it once was. Marriage, though, is a witness. Do you realize that marriage is the number one illustration used for the return of Christ? Number one. Not any other story, parable, or Bible, or theology is even close to this. Marriage. And is it any wonder why our society is wanting to destroy the foundations of marriage? Because if we can destroy the foundations of what marriage is, we can destroy the foundations of the gospel. Think about this for a moment. Revelation 19 verse 7 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his what? Let's say it together. His what? His bride has made who? So there's no confusion, and I'm not picking. I am not picking, and I'm not being judgmental. I'm saying this because I want to help. Jesus is represented as the male figure in the relationship. The church is represented as the female representative in the relationship. She's the bride. He's the groom. There is no room for anything else. There's no gender misunderstanding. And I'm not picking. I want you to hear my heart. I'm trying to be very sensitive to it because I know it's a sensitive topic. But there is no confusion in this. He is the groom. The church is the bride. And he comes in and it says that it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. Everybody say what? True. True words of God. So the more marriage, watch this, can be adulterated, not talking about the way you're thinking right now, but the more we can conceive something different than what God intended, the more we get away from the image and illustration of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's an interesting thing when you look at Jesus, their culture is, it, it works like this: you would be engaged for a very long season. In other words, you would be, as a man, you would put a price down. Not in a. This sounds in our culture, it sounds like man they bought the women. It sounds bad in some cultures. That is, it's. But in this, it was a very honorable thing. It's kind of like in today's culture. <laughs> I got three dollars, so I'm thinking about this. And when you when they get married, typically who pays for the wedding? <clears throat> <sighs> we'll take a moment. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah, three ladies. You figure it up. You got fellas? Yeah, you happy right now? What's up, my man, my man, my man? Your man is going to cost this man some money. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I got three of them. So it's the same way, but reverse it. In their culture, the guy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm cool with If we want to change this, now's a good time. The guy We'll put the money down, the dowry. if you He would pay for it. He would put, say, this is what I'm going to do. I will marry your daughter, and I promise you this. I pledge to you this, sir. If you will allow me to, I will go and prepare a home. I will prepare my fields. I will prepare a place for her. And he may go away for a year. It may take him two years, depending on his trade, how much money he made. Maybe he doesn't know anything about building. He has to go to school and learn some stuff. It could be a couple of years. Can you imagine? I kind of like this. The guy goes away. He prepares a place. He pays for the house. He pays for this. And then he comes and says, okay, I'm ready. You're like, wow, bro. This is pretty cool. I got to put nothing down. I'm liking this, you know. But he would go away. And you didn't know when he was going to be done. He would just show up one day. Because, I mean, they didn't, you know, we're going to text you. Hey, they didn't have iPhones then. Send you some mail. Who knows when that would get there? Oh, by the way, I'll be there soon. It's kind of what Jesus did when he left. He left you a letter saying, I'm going to be there soon, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that everything's ready so that when I come back for you, i got a place to take you. Illustration of the coming of Jesus is marriage. When you tear that away, you now say marriage can be anything not necessarily true because you can no longer express the beauty of the return of Christ by doing so. So, today, what I want you to hear from me, be sensitive about things. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to do anything that would make someone say, we're a bunch of judgmental people. That's not at all. What I want you to see is the beauty of marriage. And the more it's taken away from that, the less power that's in the illustration of the gospel. This is why God said He joins together a husband and a wife because it exemplifies the return of Christ. So this morning, here's what I want you: don't you to close your eyes and bow your head. And I know that it's a sensitive topic. I understand it. And I know I may have stirred up some. Some thoughts, but I'm pray- my prayer, my prayer, my prayer, please hear me, that you would understand that I am not trying to be someone to put anybody down or be judgmental or anything. I hope you hear my heart today. I try my best to express this in a way that, that would be considerate of everyone. But you can't deny what the Scriptures declare because God's our Savior, and He's the one that declares what marriage is. So I want to pray right now for all of us. I know it's a tough subject and I know it's a tough thing to hear because it's very personal. The reason why this is so personal is because it affects you more than anything else. So if you're here today and no one's going to raise hands, I'm not going to do anything like that right now. But if you're here and you know in your heart there's some things that is going on that, that I talked about today, then I want you to allow the Lord to speak a word to you right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, uh, we come to you right now with open hearts. And uh, dear Jesus, I pray, first of all, Lord, that you would, by the Holy Spirit, convict in every single way that needs to be convicted. Whatever you need to say, whatever you need to do, we are open here today. We have an open heart, and we have uh, our ears are open. God, we hear you today. So Lord, whatever you want to say. To us as individuals, I pray you put in their heart right now. And Lord, I know because of your faithfulness and who you are, you don't just speak something to us and say, Hey, I see this in your life. You also say, And I can help. And so I pray right now for every person here that needs help. Maybe their marriage is struggling. I pray right now, Lord, that you would rebuke the enemy prevent him from trying to tear down or destroy this marriage. I pray, Father, that if there's anybody here that they, they want to be married, but it's, maybe it's not the time or maybe they don't have the right person or whatever it is, I pray that you give them strength. I pray that you give them peace. I pray that you give them the temperance and, Lord, the strength to to stand firm on their beliefs and convictions and God I pray right now for uh, those that maybe this has happened in their life and uh, God maybe they're here today and they still hold on to some of this and feel the guilt or the shame or whatever else Lord that's not from you you are the God that heals the brokenhearted. you set at liberty them which have been bruised And so, Father, I pray this just like you said, Jesus, when you saw the woman who was caught in adultery. And it could have been a guy, it could have been anybody. But, Lord, they brought the woman in there. But, Lord, we know there was another, there was a guy there, too, somewhere. They were just trying to make an example out of her. But I'm praying this prayer for every person in here. If this has ever happened, Lord, you looked at her while everyone else was ready to throw stones at her. You looked at her and looked at the people around and said, Whoever has the no sin throw the first stone. And one by one they left, walked away. And you looked at her and said, dear woman, I do not condemn you. It means you're released, forgiven. Go and sin no more. So I thank you, Jesus, that you would just, if that is there, we just pray against anything the enemy says. Rebuke him right now in Jesus' name. Command him to stop telling the lies to them that they can't get over it. No, in the name of Jesus, God, you can help us get through anything. And we thank you for that, Father. So, Lord, I pray right now, if there's anybody here, though, that doesn't know you, and what I simply mean by that is we're going to keep our eyes closed, we're going to pray this prayer, but if you're here, and I say this with the most tender response I can say to you. If you're here and Jesus is not your Lord, that does not mean you're going to be perfect when you pray this. But it does mean that if Jesus is Lord, you can't ignore what He says. To have a Lord means you're submitted to. It doesn't mean you have it all right. It just means you're submitted to. it. When He speaks something to us, He only does it to give us the power to make the change for it. So, Father, I pray, and if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that Jesus is not their Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, they pray this prayer. whole church is going to pray together. I want you to pray this with me right now. The whole church is praying. If that's you, you pray and repeat this after me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come before you. I give you my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. And I pray, Jesus, that you would take anything that is not of you help me live for you empower me with your spirit in jesus name i pray amen amen we hope you were blessed by today's message if so feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else thanks for listening